I'm Ken Benson, President and CEO of SIFMA, and I want to welcome you to the SIFMA podcast. Uh, today, we have the benefit of speaking with our uh, friends and colleagues from uh, from FIS, in particular, uh, Nasser Kodri, who is the president of Capital Market Solutions at FIS. And we're going to be discussing findings from a recent report, the 2021 FIS Readiness Report, uh, uh, which we'll talk about more. Uh, it's abundantly clear that uh, COVID-19 will have lasting impacts. And uh, markets and market operations uh, proved quite resilient in the face of COVID-19, but as with all things, there are opportunities to learn from the experience and enhance resiliency going forward before the next crisis. While systems worked well under tremendous stress, COVID, COVID's far-reaching impact exposed vulnerabilities in existing operations and technology and also created important opportunities for transformation. So on today's podcast, we'll ask, what matters now for operational resiliency? As I mentioned, FIS has recently completed their latest readiness report, which suggests that solutions to today's challenges have been available for some time. The only thing that has changed is the pace at which we need to get there. Firms that invest in managed services and advanced technology are in a stronger position to adapt to change, but only if they act now. It is uh, simply not an option to wait any longer. So with that, uh, we're going we're gonna to get into a discussion about it on today. And, and again, Nasser, I want to welcome you uh, for being with us today. And, and let's, uh, let's go right at it. Um, we'll start with uh, operational threats and trends. Maybe uh, uh, we can level set on today's landscape. You know, what are the operational threats that are present today? Thank you, Ken, and thanks for having me here today. I'd say that the most pressing operational challenges are the new risks uh, arising from remote working, as you can imagine. The challenges are both uh, logistical as well as uh, security, including the rising cyber and fraud risk. Interestingly, in the survey that we conducted, which you kindly mentioned, Ken, about uh, half of the broker-dealer uh, that responded and about a third of the buy-side firm said so. Uh, the sell-side firms are also concerned by the impact of productivity as well as uh, talent management, while the buy-side firms are more concerned with the technology challenges that confronts them for the next uh, 12 months. Interestingly, these uh, challenges re resonate pretty well with, with FIS, given the fact that we do run a broker-dealer business called Fox River. In addition uh, to that, given that working from home is likely to last longer than some might expect, with a various different model emerging, regulators are likely to ramp up scrutiny around cybersecurity and surveillance. Also, firms are facing the challenges to keep up uh, with the ever-evolving client expectation for digital experience and the need for more customers' financial advisory services in those coming, uh, especially in the emerging market. And this is across the board, Ken, whether it's with the buy side, the investment banks, as well as the broker dealers. Obviously, the market uncertainty and volatility continue to be a challenge. And finally, uh, business continuity planning remains top priority for every firm. In a nutshell, in that space, any business continuity planning needs to be stronger. That's what the pandemic taught us. Yeah, that you know, it, it, it's interesting, and, and and it's great to have the survey because it, it backs up the sort of anecdotally what I've learned in talking to executives 
uh, among our, our membership, you know, across the board, institutional retail, uh, uh, sell side, buy side. And, and, you know, I would note as well, um, you know, uh, uh, something that SIFMA has been very engaged in talking to our regulators as well, our, our industry regulators about, you know, how will they, uh, how will they operate? Uh, how will they how will they supervise uh, conduct examinations in a what could be a, a which will likely be a hybrid world, uh, a, a part remote world going forward? So these things are these things are right are right on point. Um, maybe you know sh shifting gears a little bit. I mean, how are how do you see these threats changing or evolving? Well, because of the operational challenges I just mentioned, firms are considering more outsourcing. Uh, the global spend uh, is projected, uh, according to some survey from Deloitte, uh, to increase by 50 billion from last year and to reach close to 130 billion by the end of the year. Interestingly, a third of the brokerage respondents in our 2021 FIS readiness report plan to shift to more cost-effective operating model uh, such as managed services, as well as BPAS, which is business process as a service, to maintain or improve their competitiveness. Uh, the private cloud is the preference for risk management and compliance, whereas actually public cloud is of great demand uh, in for trading as well as post-trade processing uh, functions. Outside of outsourcing, uh, there are other market trends can uh, let's talk about the rise of retail trading. I mean, 20% of the equity market in 2020 was retail, and 15% of the current retail investor entered the stock market in 2020, and they are younger, right? Uh, finally, we couldn't possibly, possibly have a conversation without mentioning ESG and the investment that continue to thrive in this space. Investor interest for funds that rate high on ESG factors continue to grow. That's point number one. There's, the size of the global ESG might hit 50 trillion by 2025. Some are mentioning 100 trillion, trillion by 2030. And that is that will be by 2025, uh, just to, 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 to put it into context, a third of the global AUM, according to some research from Bloomberg Intelligence. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, those last two points are really interesting because, you know, and it's kind of the, you know, the, the, the you know, well, first of all, I'd say, you know, obviously a lot of focus on retail trading uh, around the meme stock issue, but at the same time, you know, is it a half glass full, half glass empty? I, I would argue a half glass full in the sense mm -hmm. that, you know, more people coming into the market is a good thing. Um, particularly uh, in, uh, among uh, younger investors. And on the ESG, while there's certainly a lot of work to do there, work that we're involved in, you are involved in uh, around, uh, you know, whether it's data, metrics and the like, the fact is they're clearly market demand. And, uh, and it's going to take, uh, you know, it's going to take a lot of private capital to accomplish the goals of, of advocates and policymakers in this area. So I think that I, I would argue those are uh, not just important trends, but in many ways, very positive trends. What are some of the current growth inhibitors that are impacting the operational landscape in the markets? I'll can I mention a few that relates to the need for modern, open, and cloud-enabled operating models? Firms' number one growth priority is to increase their client base in emerging, emerging market. Having said that, you can you can only make inroads in new markets if you have the, the agility and the ability to move as the market changes. That's point number one. 
And therefore, only the firms that have made investment into an open and modernized operating model are well positioned to adapt to local needs and deliver them with speed. It's also important to address uh, the residual friction uh, in digital ecosystem in order to meet new growth and risk demand. Customers expect more data in real time and at their fingertips. Interestingly, only a third of the, form, the firms we spoke to think that their data integration capability are well equipped for the challenges ahead. So what's needed? What I would summarize is to this, uh, can a comprehensive data management strategy and open APIs. Hmm. That's how you make the data transferable, digestible, and therefore create an end-to-end ecosystem and eliminate the friction. So the, uh, you know, the, the, it's interesting as it is, uh, you know, a few years ago, um, uh, we were looking at issues around data aggregation and did work on what, you know, what clients should expect, the, what rights they should have. You know, APIs were sort of a, a new phenomenon, but, but you, you point out, obviously, very much embraced across the industry now. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, on, on, you know, so let's move to our, our next topic of industry-wide initiatives for readiness and resiliency or resilience. Um, you know, in some cases, maybe we can throw out the old playbooks and start from scratch. Um, where are the places where you think we can think big? Two things comes to mind, Ken. Uh, I mean, this one is probably close to your heart as well. Modernizing the financial communication and focusing on e-delivery. Uh, in other words, uh, paper should be an option and maybe not even an option anymore. Uh, really, the pandemic proved that e-delivery of financial communication should be the default for investors. And it's uh, an e-delivery is green, as we speak about ESG. And uh, all uh, we heard this expression before, data, 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 and data is the new oil. It is so true. The firms that are putting data management, to your point earlier on, with advanced technology uh, at the center of their digital journey will thrive and succeed. Uh, simply because with historical and predictive analytics, data gives a sense of where you are, uh, what pitfall to avoid, uh, what's your clients and what the market want. Those are the main two uh, I would think of, uh, Ken. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's great. So let's talk, about, uh, let's talk about managed services in cloud. You mentioned this before. Um, you know, we've been talking about man- modernizing platforms really since before the pandemic. And, and as you point out today, it's an imperative. Uh, managed services and outsourcing in the cloud have become, you know, really come to the forefront as part of that. Um, and, then prior- and then prioritizing modernization of client, uh, client-facing systems. Maybe you could talk a little bit about all those things. Yeah, I couldn't agree more about this statement. I'll start first with the uh, the whites. So the low interest rate uh, and uh, the low even zero fee trading models are in- intensifying margin pressures. Uh, can in response, firms need to focus on operational efficiencies via multiple strategies, from deepening their reliance on cloud-based managed services, shifting commoditized functions to BPaaS models as well as consolidating their IT vendor relationships, right? For instance, we see the sell-side firms deepening their reliance on cloud-based managed services model for risk management and trading. Interestingly, almost all the sell-side firms we surveyed, nearly 99% of them said they will increase their reliance on cloud over the next 12 months. Also, the sell-side firms are following through 
on their 2020 intention to shift to business process as a service model, uh, as I mentioned it, for compliance management as well as middle office activities. However, we see very, if not a little appetite to shift more regulatory reporting activity to BPAS, which is not surprising. So speaking about modern and, and prioritizing and implementing advanced technologies such as uh, machine learning, RPA, and artificial intelligence, it is imperative for any firm to embrace, like I said, open platform to compete for new clients in order to capitalize on fast-moving investor trends such as the, ri the rising interest in digital asset trading, the growing retail investor pool, as we spoke about it in emerging market, but as well the ETF innovation. It's equally imperative to enable digitally driven experience that provide clients with real-time market data, streamlined trading processes, and mo mobile access uh, in order to compete. And embracing open API uh, with, 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 by doing that, can firm can meet these demands and differentiate themselves by offering uh, their clients new tool. And finally, I'll close with that. The main reason we see firms investing in AI are to strengthen risk and compliance management. Also AI gives firms the visibility they need to meet new risk and compliance demand while controlling their cost. Finally, firms also mention AI's ability to analyze large set of data, build new data-driven product and services for clients, as well as providing more meaningful information to their clients. At the end of the day, it's all about actually how you, you improve the services and, 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 and the, customer, the customer experience at the end of it. Yeah, it sounds like quite a transformation. Um, what, what, are the, what are the regulatory considerations that, that we need to have it in front of mind? I love the question, Ken. We all know too well that uh, the securities industry can never take its eyes off uh, regulatory requirements, right? There are always new ones, new ones coming up in response to market developments on top of the multi multitude of existing requirements broker-dealers and the buy-side firms have to comply with. For example, there is the new proposal from FINRA to enhance, enhance its short-sale reporting. This proposal has multiple components from requiring more data points and increasing the fre frequency of short interest reporting from the current twice a week. Also under consideration uh, is a new rule to require members to submit to FINRA a report on a daily allocation of fail to deliver position to correspondent firms. So many activities there. The bottom line, uh, the way we see it can, and the firms are actually responding the same way, it is critical to leverage technology, technology as well as embrace RecTech to continue to address the regulatory requirements that are underway and coming, but most importantly, use RecTech as a competitive advantage. But let's remember, uh, and I'm sure you will agree with that, Ken, it's critical that the regulators, SIFMA, the broker dealer, and the fintech providers, such as FIS, work together as one to address these ever-evolving regulatory requirements. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I'm not seeking to fault the regulators at all because they, they clearly have their mandate. But yeah. you know, they obviously, you know, but, but as part of that mandate, they require a lot. But then do they have the abilities themselves to take the data and, and utilize it the way they are, uh, you know, the way they're requesting it? So I, I agree. I think the the whole sort of holistic ecosystem and interdependencies are really important. Um, 
Let's talk about the future of work. Uh, you know, perhaps this is the biggest area of transformation um, going on, and it, and it will be in the human element, as, as you talked it sort of at the outset. Um, you know, the current return to office situation is quite fluid, extraordinary fluid at the moment, mm -hmm. um, although we're starting to see people coming in. But obviously, uh, uh, with it, there's not, a, there's not a, a necessarily a uniform approach. Um, how do you see the future of, of work? With the vaccine becoming more available across the world, obviously uh, the executives want to bring people back into the offices. Uh, however, many recognize uh, the need for remote capabilities uh, with different models. Uh, we heard about the hybrid, the rotating model, the two to three days in the office. Uh, really what's top of mind for most executives uh, is how do firms uh, foster a strong company culture with a workforce that is completely remote or in a hybrid model where some are working from home and some are working uh, in the office. That's one. Uh, the second one is how do firms uh, onboard successfully new graduates and have them immersed into the company culture? And finally, how do they at attract the best talent by having actually the best return from work uh, set up? That is why I strongly believe, Ken, that technology is, is only going to play a more important role in the future of work and will help address these challenges. Technology will keep us connected, engaged, without having to be physically in the same meeting room. To me, uh, that is the, the future of work. I, I couldn't agree more. What I hear, again, from executives uh, really hits on all those points. How do you, you know, you what are your employees going to demand co coming forward, uh, going forward? Uh, how do you train, how do you onboard and train new and younger talent and, 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 and also create the ability for that talent to matriculate? How do you compete for talent? And then, you know, the other point, which, which you mentioned before, uh, is, you know, how do you deal with the regulatory and compliance aspects of, of a hybrid and, and, uh, and, you know, rotating workforce? All of the, what we've been through over the last 15 or so months has is, is been quite extraordinary and, and uh, uh, in particular, a, a real test to uh, uh, industry business continuity, um, something that, that uh, uh, SIFMA plays a role, a critical role with our members and with uh, uh, the industry at large, including uh, firms like FIS. Um, and it's a constantly evolving uh, process, as Nasser, as, as you pointed out, um, we're always trying to learn from the last event to be prepared for the next event uh, and, and making sure we have uh, backups to our backups. With that, uh, I, I want to encourage our listeners to uh, look at the FIS survey. To find it, please visit FISglobal.com. And also, we'll be discussing these issues and more at the annual SIFMA Operations Conference and Exhibition taking place on, on October 4 through 7 in Miami in person. Uh, to learn more and register, please visit www.sifma.org slash ops. And Nasser, again, I want to thank you for joining us and thank you for uh, giving us a readout of, of the FIS survey. And uh, again, I encourage all our listeners to uh, go to fisglobal.com and take a look at the survey. Thanks for having me on, Ken.